Please listen carefully. Welcome to Autism in the Wild, the show that talks about what it's really like living with autism. Here are your hosts, Noah and Chris. All right, welcome to another episode of Autism in the Wild. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Noah. All right, Noah, why don't you introduce our guest? Okay, so today's guest is my uncle. He works with people with disabilities and other abilities and beyond, and this is Scott. Hello. Hey, welcome, Scott. Thanks for joining us. We're actually uh, at a Christmas gathering, so I'm taking this opportunity to interview some people in the family. So I snuckered Scott in at the last minute here. So thanks for joining us, Scott. My pleasure to be here. Okay, so you're an uncle to Isaac. But yes. So, but what's your? Why don't you describe a little bit about your day job? Uh, my day job, uh, I work with a company called Optima Life Services. Um, it's a company that uh, serves people with many abilities and disabilities, uh, and a, a full range uh, from. Um, intellectual disabilities to developmental disabilities, uh, mental illness, and li- like we try to say, it's it's people with with various abilities. And with the company, I, I started out as an employment consultant, where I, uh, I help people find jobs in the community, and and more educated the community um, onto people with disabilities and and what they can do for for other people. Um, and then uh, I, I also work in other positions in the company, and currently I'm the director of risk management for Optima Life Services. So, would you say you were uh, a job coach? Yeah, I um, I worked as a, a job coach and as also an employment consultant, which I developed relationships with businesses in the community and helped educate those business owners on on what uh, what skills and and what benefits they they could employ a person with a disability. Cool. So what would be maybe an example of a kind of a business you would approach? We we various businesses in the community. Walmart was one of our uh our our, our big sponsors that uh that we worked with. Um I had uh fifteen uh people with disabilities working at Walmart at one time. The the fast food restaurants of course and uh and some of the factories yeah and it was it's just we we tried to keep it but focused on the person's abilities um, what they could do what they could do not what they couldn't do right right yeah um so we would uh, do an assessment and we would do what we call workplace assessments where um let's say i would take a person to uh he had an interest in in body shopper or working on cars um so i would contact uh, various body shops and car places um, and say we'd like to do a worksite assessment just to see what type of jobs you have and what you know what what people do in your business mm-hmm. and then we would pay the person the hourly wage that everybody else would get while they uh, worked on that job for for a day um, just to get into some experience for one thing um, but also to assess and see what their skill level was and what what uh, what they could do to contribute to that job? Sure. Um, so, and were you also evaluating the potential employer? 
as well. Yes, as as well, just to see what, how how they were to be supportive in in employing a person with a disability. Yeah, and and we do that today. We do more of it on a. Uh, what we found is that uh, we we can provide businesses. We we Optimae builds micro businesses and employ people with their different skill sets uh, in the job. So that and, and one of those is a coffee shop, right? Yeah. I yeah. love coffee. Yeah, we have three coffee shops, <laughs> and uh, hopefully one will come near you soon. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they uh, uh, we have coffee shops, uh, retail stores. We do a, 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 a cooking facility, a, a, a food prep facility that uh, um, currently they're roasting uh, coffee beans. Oh, for the um, coffee shops. For the coffee shops, yeah. Yeah. Um, bakery. We have a bakery. We have two farms. Um, so we are able to provide even a, a, a better level layer, layer of support for people that maybe people don't understand a person's disabilities, uh, and that that's an obstacle. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that we we do understand the person and their life ambitions and their dreams, and and that. We can help support them in these micro businesses to be able to uh, to be able to have that valued role in the community of having a job, uh, offering a, a service that uh, that people appreciate and, and like. So mm-hmm. the the people that uh, they're working in our in our food areas, uh, restaurants and coffee shops, um, they they get tipped very well because people appreciate. You know the the great work attitude and and seeing somebody out there just generally working hard. You know to yeah. help. So. Yeah. And whenever I see Isaac do work at home, or if he just takes trays back at the you know at the local restaurant or something, you can just see the pride in 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 him when he's walking. You can just tell that he's just so you know prideful of what he can do and I, I can imagine that the people you work with many of them have would have that sense of pride being able to do a job and do something that they can do and, and feel fulfilled right. on that everybody has a everybody has a sense of self-worth and and we, we talk about valued roles of contributing to to society and contributing to uh, um, to our culture and that's you know having a job is one of those things that you know mm-hmm. what what's the first thing that people ask you know when when you're um when you're when you're out of school mm-hmm. uh well the first thing they ask when you're in school is what grade are you in mm-hmm. right yeah you know <laughs> um, in college it's what are you studying yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know? what's 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 your plans <clears throat> for college you know um and then after college then the next question people have is what do you do yeah you know where where do you work um, and mm-hmm. so it's it's nice to be able to give a person that sense of self-esteem to say, you know, I'm a barista, right. you know, or I, I work on a farm. I, you know, I tend to gardens and, um, you know, just give them that sense of self-worth to say, I am somebody and I can, I can do this. Nice. Yeah, that, that's, that's pretty cool. All right, now, do you have, do you want to ask advice about his job or do you want to switch to the uncle's point of view? Um... Let's switch the uncle's point of view. Okay. So I'm going to ask one question before we switch. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what's one of the most rewarding things about the, your job? 
One of the, one of the most rewarding things about my job is that I get to see people develop and grow, develop new skills, um, and just to see them uh, advance in their life. Um, I, I've worked with people for the past 15 years, um, and there's some now that I see that have made so much advancements in their life, and they're they're planning for things, and they got things to look forward to, and you know they're saving up for trips and things like that. Um, and that's that's the most rewarding is to see see them enjoying life. Yeah, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, cool. Okay, now we're gonna switch gears, right? Yep. Okay, so we're going to switch gears to to talk uh, to Scott the uncle here. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. You're the you're the nephew, so I want you to ask questions. Okay. So, okay, what's it like to be what's it like to be an uncle to someone who's on the spectrum? I think it's a uh, it's it's unique to be able to know someone on a personal level mm-hmm. um, on the spectrum. Uh, and, and you have to understand that that uh, on my in my day job, I train people to to be able to help people on the spectrum as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do a lot of education to people uh, so that they understand what uh, what autism is mm-hmm. and uh, and how to be the best support for people with autism. So knowing having two nephews that uh, and, and it's such a a different, a difference on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. That uh, that it gives me a good perspective on on how to how to teach and instruct. And I don't know if the, I don't know if you guys have ever known this, but I I do use your example in in instruction for people okay. working with uh, with people with uh, on the autism spectrum to say that there's not one canned approach to helping a person. Um, you have to get to know that person and understand them. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to help them the most. Okay, oh. that makes sense. So, what question I have for you, Noah, mm-hmm. is what is what is your life ambition? What what are some of the dreams that you've thought? You know, let's take away take away everything that would be an obstacle. What what's this, what are your dreams? What would you like to do? Um, part of me wants to be a singer because it feels like something that I've kind of just been wanting to do for a very long time mm-hmm. and I really don't know what else at this point part of me thought about teaching but that doesn't really speak to me that well because I'm not really a, a people person that much part of me wants to go into history be sort of like like that That I feel like that would be more useful with for me than the other things I don't really know it's just kind of it's a very open ended question I really don't know where to really go from here the 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 singing aspect is is something that you enjoy mm-hmm. and you get a lot out of and there's lots of different opportunities out there in the in the in the entertainment world, yeah, yeah in the entertainment business so that's that's something that you can mm-hmm. shoot for mm-hmm. um, I, I worked with a guy one time that had a physical disability where he had had not the use of his legs yeah um, he was in a wheelchair and I asked him I said what's your dream what's what's your dream job and he says I want to be a basketball coach hmm. and um, and so the you know the first pain you know people in society would say well that's impossible you can't be a basketball coach if you can't play basketball mm-hmm. um, but I said why why limit yourself 
to a basketball coach, if, if you like basketball, let's look for something in the, in the basketball field. Mm-hmm. And the last time I, I had made contact with him, he was the assistant coach um, okay. of the basketball team at a, at a local high, uh, college. So Nice. Well, they, they do have like a wheelchair basketball, too. Yeah. yeah. But they actually, you play, and they have wheelchair stuff going on. Yeah, that's really cool. You know, the, uh, our listeners have no idea, but Scott's been playing bluegrass for as before I even knew him, which has been quite a long time. So you've been able to incorporate music in your life, both at church and in your in your band. Mm-hmm. And so, even though that isn't your primary profession, it's still a huge part of your life, mm-hmm. right? So I think you know, no matter what you do with music. There are definitely ways to keep yeah. music in your life. Of course. And I mean, you have such a gift. I guess I'm, I'm a little biased because I'm the dad. Yes, you are. I am. But, I mean, music can be such a great gift for people because it just speaks to all kinds of people. Music's a universal language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to throw a way back question at you. Okay, when the kids were little and we were first dealing with, with the diagnosis and helping the kids. I mean, what, what kinds of things, and this was before you worked in your current job. Okay. Like, what, kind of, what was your initial reaction or initial thoughts about um, Isaac and Noah when, when they're little in terms of their diagnosis? I mean, one thing I, I'll say is that you've always treated them just as to your nephews, right? which I appreciate, but I was just wondering what kind of, Thoughts you might have. I, I think it's it's fair to also include that um, I'm an uncle to another nephew um, that uh, has cerebral palsy. Yeah. And uh, Andy, I, I've uh, he was born. I was probably in sixth grade when when he was born. So so I've known uh, people with different abilities all my life. Sure. And and you don't treat people differently because they have any type of diagnosis. And, and that goes as far as uh, uh, even if the person has a diagnosis of alcoholism or um, has a gambling addiction or uh, a physical disability or, or a mental health disability, you know, you don't treat them as, as a person. You don't refer to them as their diagnosis. You refer to them as a person first and uh, and get to know that person and, and what they can do and what they like to do. Mm-hmm. So um, Andy doesn't have the use of his, I'm, I'm holding up two hands here, I'm trying to figure out his, he doesn't have the use of his left hand, and but he loves video gaming, so he uses his right hand for everything, but uh, he can sure work those game controllers, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. really, there's a will, there's a way with the video games I've learned. That's yes. right. <laughs> so, so I learned at an early age, you know, you don't, you don't focus on the person's disability, you focus on what their abilities are. Um, Noah was, has always been very, uh, very talented with his singing and with his music. Um, I don't know if, if the audience understands or not, but Noah, Noah does have perfect pitch. You know, he can, you know, you just say, give me a C note and he'll, he'll hit a C note for you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, with, the you don't focus on the disabilities. You find, you find out what they like to do and, and you focus on those things, so. But uh, don't treat them like, like a person with a disease or something. You treat them like you would everybody else. Mm-hmm. And if they do wrong, they get reprimanded just like everybody else does. So Yeah. Yeah, I know that we we struggle a little bit when the kids were young with separating the behavior from the 
from the autism at times, especially with Isaac. Yeah. He seems so stubborn. But, yeah. yeah. And we have to understand that the behavior is just communication. Um, yeah. Isaac doesn't communicate as much verbally, and he does more now. So, mm-hmm. um, But in those initial days, he didn't have the ability to communicate verbally. Um, so he communicated with behaviors. And then we had to use behavioral analysis to say, okay, what is this behavior communicating to us, and how do we respond to that? Right. Well, a perfect example of that was today. This afternoon, we, I, my other two brothers are here, and I said, let's go get some coffee. So we left, and Isaac came with us. And we were just going to sit and chat for 10 or 15 minutes. Well, I sat down, and Isaac did not want to be there. So he used his, his behavior to make sure I knew he did not want to stay there. What behavior was that? Basically, he told me he wanted to dump out his water. We got him a glass of water. He's like, dump it. I'm okay. like, no, sit there and drink it. And then he started being very vocal. And he, I, he was very clear he did not want to be there. And so then he stood up, and he was being a little loud. So I told him we are just going to leave. And we left, and we went to the car and waited for the other two to finish what they were doing. And, yeah. So, you know, you try to do things, and sometimes – when we go out for dinner on a scheduled thing, like to Culver's, he's great. No problem at all. Because that's that's the routine. That's part of the routine. And other yeah. times we can do these types of outings for a short time. But today it wasn't in the cards. So, yeah, so, it was a little frustrating for me because I wanted to spend a little time with my brothers. But, but yeah, yeah. But Isaac was ready to go, and that's mm-hmm. that was not in the cards today. Yeah. So. And, and that, that's that's how we work with, with, with Isaac. Um, Noah, from, from your perspective, mm-hmm. what uh, how how does it how do you handle changes from routine? Well, it's it's I kind of just adapt to it. More so, I usually need a little bit of heads up, like not as much as Isaac does. Maybe like a day or just a few hours in advance. Like, hey, we're going to do this instead of this or whatever but if something's like pulled on me like immediately it kind of depends like sometimes sometimes i'll be like okay sure i'll roll with it and then some days i'm just kind of like "Eh, okay this i don't want to be here but i'll suffer through it it's but it's a lot different than when i was younger because that's more like isaac when i was Mm -hmm. younger so and just disruptions really caused anxiety. Yeah, 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 for sure. We were recently at a uh, vocal concert um, at the high school in Ottumwa. Um, mm-hmm. Our Hallie, which would be Noah's cousin, had a vocal concert there. Two girls stepped up to two microphones, and um, they were doing a solo. The first one did her solo just fine. The crowd applauded, and everything was great. The second girl stepped up to the microphone and started her solo, but the microphone was off. And totally just took the the floor out from underneath her because she's just, she didn't know what to do. Um, you could tell she was getting ready to cry mm-hmm. uh, because she's doing a solo, and the crowd didn't really respond to her the same way they did the other person because her microphone wasn't on. Mm-hmm. How, would, how would you react today to that situation if you were to do a solo and the microphone was turned off Assuming you needed a microphone. Assuming I needed a microphone. Well, that changes <laughs> things. Because normally I'd be like, I don't need a mic. My voice is big enough. Um, 
still, well, I'd seen I'd fumble, try to turn it on. Like one, one hand would be on the mic and the other would be like, where's the darn button to turn the thing <laughs> back, switch or whatever to turn it on. So you would, you would try to mm-hmm. improvise and try to, yeah. it wouldn't stop you. There was, yeah, a story. My choir got invited to a funeral a few months back for a person who's in the choir who went missing and turned up dead a few months later. It was a sad story. But I sent, I had to sing at the, I, we did a song at the funeral and I was soloist at the funeral. And there was a mic and we checked it before it was on. And then we started to sing. It was like, oh, the mic isn't on. And it was like, that's no big deal. That was no big deal for me because I could just like sing, mm-hmm. sing out without it. But I know for some people that would just probably just, destroy them morally and physically physically not physically but <laughs> trying to add a little more drama to it <laughs> yeah that, that was really cool that you were able you you and the choir mm-hmm. were able to perform at that funeral i know the family really appreciated yeah. that mm-hmm. noah that mm-hmm. was really nice yeah. having having a contingency plan in place for situations like that's always handy isn't it yeah um, and that, that's something we can do for people that, that have trouble with change or have trouble with disruptions to routine is let's have a contingency plan in place for if this happens, then we can do this. Yeah. Um, sure. And that, that helps people, you know, because we, we all get, we all experience anxiety when change happens. Mm-hmm. Um, it's how we manage that anxiety that, that differs between people. You'll see people out there that uh, that may get mad when their anxiety increases and change happens. Some get depressed. Some uh, some respond. It's like that fight or flight. It's uh, mm-hmm. they they respond with with energy, and some people respond with passiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's how we can teach people to manage that anxiety, and and we do, we do so uh, with people on on the spectrum in different ways you know it's personalized but yeah. some people use weight vests that uh that help mm-hmm. them feel calmer okay um some people use uh, uh music some people mm-hmm. use the noise counseling headphones, uh, headphones yeah. to kind of eliminate some of the uh, mm-hmm. uh stimulation yeah but um yeah it's just that's, that's how we can help people to have that contingency plan or have that way to manage that anxiety when change does happen mm-hmm yeah, being I think being able to help individuals cope with change and have a have a way to deal with it because I think a lot of times people just don't know how to handle the change, like right. you were saying. Yeah, Diane and I always say we hope for the best, plan for the worst, yeah, and sometimes it's having a getaway car, which means we drive two vehicles to an event in case mm-hmm. we need to leave. But we always try to prepare Isaac specifically on the yeah. calendar and verbally. Um, and most of the time it goes well. I mean, we're traveling, we're staying in a hotel right now, and he, he's doing great. He loves it. He just would, did not want to be at the coffee shop today. Mm-hmm. That wasn't on the schedule. It was kind of a, a random thing. Yeah, Didn't happen. Yeah. So that was a good example of that. Yeah, we've played the game long enough to know that there will have to be backups. There will have to be backup plans for things like that right which we which wasn't true in the beginning for us it took us a little it took us a little bit to figure that out 
Well, even even so, it was way more unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at least now, if there's something like the fact that Isaac didn't want to be there, he didn't have a huge major meltdown. Yeah, he was just annoyed. When he was little, he may have. Oh. Speaking of Isaac, he's he's right now. He's he's cueing us. It's time to go, and he would like to leave right now. Hey, can you say hello? Hello. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a mood. <laughs> Isaac has uh, has developed uh, a, a better communication system with us. Um, that uh, and that that's something. And I'm not sure how long we've got here, but that that's something that uh, living with Isaac, you you've become familiar with yeah. the phrases that he uses, uh-huh. and 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 we we've all learned some of the signs that he gives that. Uh, you know mm-hmm. that the the sign that says I'm ready to go. No, um, well, it helps when he has his coat on and his gloves on. Too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> like he did when he came in here. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, he does. He uses uh, more communication tools at school, more formal, like mm-hmm. his his device, speech generating device. He'll use yeah. at school. He barely uses that at home because he knows that we know because he knows that we know what he's talking about. Right. He'll get out his iPad, which we have a little app. A text-to-speech app on that, yeah, and he'll use that to repeat the same ten phrases over yeah, and over again. Like, but he hey, wants, it's Noah. He's trying to command Noah to do something like eating more, whatever. eat more food, eat more food, eat more food. Right. I'm like, I don't want to. He's like, he's relentless about that. It's but like, he's he's doing it. It's out. It's out of love. Being a brother. It's out of yes. love. Yes, yes but you're right. Do, do you think? Do you think he he's wanting to you to eat more food? Um, wh- why do you think I don't know wh- why do you think he's asking for that I don't know he loves food so I guess he thinks oh I love food he must Noah must love food too Henry loves food Could so Noah what, must so why does he want you not to wear your hat I don't know okay that's just a thing that he's I don't know I really that's don't know that's just a brother thing it's just a thing that he started a few years it, ago that I really don't understand maybe it's a control thing because probably we, we all like to control our situations, don't mm-hmm. we? We all like to be in control. Mm-hmm. How many times have, have have you driven somewhere or, or had to ride somewhere and you wish you were behind the driver's seat because mm-hmm. you weren't, you yeah. weren't comfortable? Mm-hmm. Um, and then yep. and then put Isaac in that situation, uh, not not driving per se, but but in life. Uh, how many times is he in the passenger seat and he's not driving? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's. Uh, and that and this is one way of of getting some control. Yeah, is being able to tell Noah, mm-hmm. of course, uh, you can't wear your hat, or you have to wear. Was it have to wear your hat, or you can't wear your hat? You can't wear your hat. You can't wear your hat. And then so. in the summer, you have to wear jeans instead of shorts. Which, it's funny because once I go, to, once it's cold enough for me to wear jeans, he just switches over to the hat just immediately. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. So, so yeah, he's he's getting those that 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 he's getting con- some control over the matter that if he can get you to do it, then then he's driving. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Guess who has the keys in to the van? Oh, that right would now. be Isaac. That'd probably. be Isaac right now. Yeah. Yeah. So he wants that. He wants that to be able to control a little mm-hmm. bit, which is okay. Mm-hmm. You know. So so then how how do we get how do we get Isaac to have some more control? It's like you know does you know well. Yeah, because he says on Saturday nights is Culver's night, right? Right. So, so that's something that that uh, he can control. But maybe one night a week, then it's Isaac's choice on what we do, or you know, yeah. he gets to control this situation. Possibly, awesome, yeah. it's an idea. Yeah, he he actually gets to control more 
more of the schedule than than maybe people realize. But that's true. Between one night a week, I'll take him to the rec center, and then he has respite one night. And now we're in the middle of high school basketball season, which is great because he loves going to basketball. So we'll go, but we can't go until after Wheel of Fortune, which is okay because that's about the by the time we get to the game, the, the game's about ready to start. So the timing there was just fine. So that's but cool. so that's just control, you know, like we mm-hmm. have to watch Wheel of Fortune, uh, just things like that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else, Scott? You want to talk? Yeah. Sorry, well, well, we've we've talked about being a brother. We talked about being an uncle. What's it like being a father? And you don't have control, as much control in your life as you'd like. Well, that's a good question. I mean, I, I touched on this a little bit in the episode where Henry and Noah interviewed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my schedule outside of my work is around Isaac. So, you know, Tanya and I plan very well. You know, we plan all of our meals out because that just, we just, we have to know what we're going to have every night because Isaac wants to know. Right. Um, so that's part of it, but we also like to know too for planning. But, you know, our, my schedule is really wrapped around a lot of, a lot of what the kids do, especially Isaac's needs. So I take him to Hy-Vee on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights and Saturday afternoons because that's when we go. And... I'm. We get respite, but I'm also providing some respite during those times for everyone else because no one else comes with it, with us. It's just me and Isaac, so we have a pretty good bond going to Hy-Vee on those days. Um, we started going to um, the coffee shop. I get coffee, he gets a cookie. Well, then one day he just came out and said that when I was gone one Saturday, he came out and said coffee shop, and Tyann was like wait a minute, you go to the coffee shop? <laughs> so he totally busted me, you know, mm-hmm. which is okay. You know, it was it was great. But so there's things like that that we do. So a lot of times I just feel that my schedule is very much a, a, around his. Mm-hmm. And then Tayan and I, we, you know, we try to use our Tuesday night respites for kind of a date night. Mm-hmm. Depending, the last couple of weeks have been weird with uh, concerts. concerts and stuff, but mm-hmm. yeah, so it's, I don't know if that answered your, your question. Yeah. As, as a father, what do you see, where do you see Isaac in 10 years? Well, I, I see him living almost independently, so not, not living with us, living with some supports, because he can do everything. He just, right. you know, he won't be able to pass a driver's license test and get his license, even though he would probably be a good driver. Mm-hmm. So he'll need a way to be transported to wherever he needs to go. So he'll need some supports. You know, they, they work on stuff in school with money and things, but he'll still need support because a, a kid like, a, an adult like Isaac would be an easy target for someone to steal right. money and take advantage of. So he's going to have to have someone looking out for him in those those banners. Right. So, uh, you know, I have confidence he'll be able to achieve those types of goals and find employment because he's he loves to work so it's it'll, i think he'll have a good pretty bright future in terms of that as long as we we're going to be very picky about um the supports in the place where he lives because you hear too many bad stories about people being taken advantage of or neglected right. and for uh, to people who can't speak up right 
and defend themselves. So that's probably the thing that worries me the most is making sure those things don't happen <laughs> in the future. Yeah. Noah, where where do you see yourself in five years? I'm gonna I'm gonna shorten it to five. Five years. years. Okay. Um, let's see. Probably gonna just getting done with college. Okay. And I don't know if I'll go to like grad school or anything like that. I don't know about that yet. But probably going, probably graduating college and figuring out what's next for me. And that will be and that will become more clear in the next few years. Mm-hmm. In your social circle now. You work. You're you're very good at the uh, drama arts, mm-hmm. um, working in plays and and acting in plays. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you have you have a social circle of, of friends at school. Mm-hmm. What are your plans on what 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 do you see social circles looking like in college? Probably more of the same. Okay. Like I know people in both places I've applied to that I know from high school. I know. I've met people from different things at certain places that might be going to same places that I am applying to. And, I mean, I'll make friends. I'm I'm not afraid to put myself out there and be like, hey, you seem like you need a friend or whatever. Cool. So. People like uh, interests and, mm-hmm. and uh, things in common. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, the one thing I'd say, Noah, is... You say that you don't like people, but you do like people. They just tire me out. Yeah. A lot more than some other people. You're not the type of person that needs to hang out with friends all the time. No. Or family all the time. Yeah. But you do enjoy that. Yeah. Because, like, after the last couple concerts, the alumni that come back, you're there until... He doesn't come home after the concert till 45 minutes after. Yeah, everyone else is gone. So he's... You have that. You know, Mm -hmm. you enjoy that. Yeah. Of course. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. The future is, un- is sort of clearish. It's unclear, but yet clear at the same time. It's hard it's, to see that future. Isn't it's hard to, but that's where it should be right Especially now. Especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. There's more volatility and potential different directions when you're young, I think. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing, and for everybody out there, the biggest thing is, is that if you have dreams and, and things that you want to do, the biggest thing is there's there's people out there to to build help steer you in the right directions and there's there's tons of different programs and and uh, scholarships and i won't say support groups but special interest groups that uh that are able to help out with that mm-hmm. uh when i was in college um i didn't know what i wanted to do i didn't know what i wanted to do for my occupation after mm-hmm. college so I just got a, a generic degree but uh, but I found out after I was in college that there was there was so many resources available mm-hmm. that I could have tapped into but I didn't know about them yeah um, so I encourage people to uh, to do some research and, and find those resources out there cool well thanks Scott for your insights on both professional and uncle-ish, uncle-y or whatever. I don't know what that word is. As an uncle. Yeah. Yeah. You appreciate the questions coming back at us. Yeah. That's that's good. Nice. Change of pace. I enjoy your blog, too, and that that and and, uh, being able to to hear uh, your podcast is just something that's awesome. Yeah, it's been great. I, I really have enjoyed talking to people and getting different perspectives. And really 
come to understand that the podcast is really about it's not about us it's about the people we talk to yeah. we're just trying to give a platform for people to share what they know with other people so we're just like the conduit that's how I see what we're what Noah and I are doing so mm-hmm. it's great it's pretty rewarding especially when people reach out and we get the feedback and that's really rewarding so mm-hmm. it keeps us motivated to keep moving forward yeah Very good yeah keep reaching out and keep uh, keep responding back folks yeah Cool. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Thanks for listening.